Okay, so this is the Grouchy Club podcast. It's the 20th of November, God help us. Uh, cop sticks somewhere. She's, uh, What's God going to help us with? I, I, I tried him, he was busy. Yeah. But, but cop, He's cop got st- a lot on, hasn't he? Yeah, but cop sticks in Kenya or it might be somewhere else, Syria, God knows where she is. So we've got Bob, Bob Slayer. What are you, an entrepreneur? <laughs> you give me odd titles. <laughs> what are you? You're a Father Christmas figure to me. I'm an idiot. Happy idiot. Doing what? Um, well, I am the driver of a double-decker bus, mobile venue, the Blunderbuss, <coughs> and... Uh, Playing comedy. Comedies. And um, I'm a comedian that most other comedians say, but you don't do it right. Why don't you do it right? I don't know. I don't know how to do it right. That's not very friendly, unless you tell you I don't do it right. Some say it in a positive way. Well, didn't that can go either way. When you tell me that Tim, what's his name, was, was the lording of praises last year in this very venue, because we're in... We're Who's, in what's his name? I don't, I don't know anything about comedy. No, we're, we're, in, we're in your grotto, because for the second year running, you're going to have a Santa's grotto very near the Bank of England, aren't you? Which mm. is quite, quite, might be echoing a little bit. We're in the grotto, which is in Frogmorton Street, and it's a, a big, beautiful... I've just taken you round it, haven't I? You did, it was very, very scary, mm. and it floods a lot. But not, not the bit we're going to be in. Not, well, it does, all of it. Yeah. Um, but you wonder about the Bank of England. Is your money safe in the Bank of England? Well, we're basically uh, 50 yards from the Bank of England in a subterranean... In a, in a, we go three floors down. So <coughs> this grotto is just a front for digging a tunnel into the Bank of England. We only got halfway... It took a bit long. Last year we got halfway to the Bank of England. This year we've got to carry on, kick on through... And get into that gold reserve. All you've got to do is blow the bloody doors off. All we're going to do is that, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but in fact, no, in fact, Stuart Lee was just singing your praises last year, wasn't he? Because you've just seen the video last I've year. I've just seen some video that I didn't know exist of him doing an interview after his performance here last year. And um, Interviewed inter- by whom? Um, Adam Larter of the Weirdos, because the Weirdos Panto will be performing in this grotto. Oh, no, it won't. Yeah, oh, yes, it will. Yeah. Uh, you've not seen it, so you can't say that. There's no, none of that. <laughs> um, um, the Widow's Panto is what inspired doing the Grotto last year was to find a venue for them and then when we had the place this wonderful uh, city institution haunted, or it's not haunted it is haunted, the ghost of Maggie Thatcher roams the floors because she used to make ice cream for Jay Lyons did she really? Because this is the, the old Jay, f- Jay Lyons was, Corner House or something. Yeah, isn't she it? was a food scientist for Jay Lyons. Yeah, yeah. In, in London? Yeah, yeah. Well, right. I, I don't know where she did it. I know whether it was here. There. In but, the kitchen. She was but, a woman. <laughs> well, it, you know, it was a forerunner to her being the milk snatcher. And I wonder when she snatched milk, it was just to make more ice cream. <laughs> well, she made ice cream, I suppose, to sort of cakes or whatever what Jay mm. Lyons used to say. Lyons made ice cream. Oh, oh, ah. <laughs> yeah. Never in my entire... I'm sorry, Lions made ice cream in Lions corner houses and they've never into my head well, been conjoined. who developed the first business computer? You did. Lions. Wasn't it Mr Babbage? No, it was the first computer used in business and I, I haven't read about this for a year, so uh, um, I, my, my facts will be all over the place. <coughs> I'm wrong. It could be completely wrong. It's not. It'll be interesting. Um... It was developed for them for their stock system, and then they went, oh, we're onto something here, First, and then they marketed it, and then it was eventually bought by IBM. Really? Yeah. So, so the origin of IBM is a little yep. coffee, coffee shop in London somewhere? Yep. So there you go. <coughs> uh, computers were invented in, 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 in this basement. Ice cream was invented in this basement. 
Maggie Thatcher was invented in this basement, so not all good things. And comedy entrepreneurship was invented. Yeah. Yes. So we've taken it over. And how long have you got it for this year? We're going a bit longer this year. We're Ooh. going for 21 days. My God. Yeah. And what's in this, this feast of comedy? We've got Nick Helm. That's exciting, isn't it? I'm excited already. Well, he can't get in because it's already sold out. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but the tickets haven't got on sale. Isn't this suspicious? They have. They have. Yeah. The, yeah you, no, you snozzled. You lozzled. He. That's going to be fantastic. He's doing. You missed your chance there. Um, where are they on sale on your website? Uh, they know. Yeah. There'll be a link. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heroes. Heroesof.com. <coughs> You'll find it on there. Or buytickets. App forward slash grotto. Um. Nick Helm sold out. Uh, but yeah, Stuart Lee will be back. And he's not sold out. Uh, no, it's not gone on sale yet. They uh, will sell out. Hang on, can I do a snapping noise? They will sell out like that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get those tickets, uh, then go on to Laugh Out London's uh, mailing list because that's where it'll be announced, and it will sell out within a few an hour or so. You know. So how come all these videos are made last year in your venue without you knowing them? I forgot. I was mostly oh. drunk. Mostly, not, not totally. Absorbed. Totally drunk. Yeah, but it's a really nice interview which we'll st- put clips up uh, on Facebook and online. Um, of Stuart Lee just singing his praises saying just how oh my phone's about to ring it might be Stuart Lee ringing now saying stop talking about me feel free you're obsessed man sorry we don't let it we we put it effortlessly in yeah we'll get rid of that oh no who was that Stuart Lee (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and we have um Oh, so this year, yeah, it's grown. I'm eating, by the way. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, the lineup's grown this year, which is really nice. Um, Lloyd Langford emailed me out the blue and said, Oh, are you doing the grotto again? I went, Yeah, I've met him twice. And it's nice, nice, had a little chat at Edinburgh Fringe or whatever. He says, Oh, I'd like to come down with John Richardson and Dan Atkinson, we do a thing. So that was, that's just nice that it's getting a reputation that people. So well, I think. Lloyd Langford? Bonnie Langford's brother. Bonnie Langford's brother, exactly, yeah. Uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. They're going to do, basically, they're going to... The show is, is Lloyd singing Total Eclipse of the Heart over and over again. That's probably someone else. Well, John it? Richardson comes down, I think... Tyler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got the wrong Bonnie. Well, he's still doing it. But she's going to sing it and sing it until she's sick. Yeah. That's Bonnie Langford, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got mixed up there, didn't I? Which is but entertaining, the way. entertainingly. Uh, I, Weirdos Panto, that's going to be here. Uh, this is your trial. Oh, we kick off with Richard Herring and Boothby Gaffoe. Boothby doesn't do many um, Together. shows. A, a double header. Uh, so it's two solo shows. That's because he's double up, in, bill. up in Lincolnshire or somewhere, isn't it? Um, yeah, so he doesn't come into London for full shows. That's nice. That's, that's yeah. Get your tickets there. That's uh, I, I going. Think, I think he should actually go and live in, in Boothby Gaffoe just to confuse people. He should, shouldn't he? Yes, yeah. Like, what's his name? He should live in Royston Vasey, shouldn't he? Yes, he should. And except yeah. Royston Vasey's fiction, I don't know why I said that. Yeah, yeah, because you got confused. <laughs> I yeah. got confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonnie Tyler, 15 old. Mm. So why are you not a comedian? Come on, why? I didn't know about this. Why um, are you not a comedian? I am a comedian. I've never heard anyone so, say you're not a comedian. No, it is occasionally. I've had reviews and things saying that I don't do it right. What did well, I think that's right. The reviews might have said, what, you, what aren't you doing right? I don't know what you're not doing right. Thank make, you, John. Make, you make me laugh. Thank you, John. Not on stage, obviously, but... No. Yeah. Maybe I was just fishing for compliments there, and, 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 and I got a bite. Thank you. <coughs> 
But you, is it true you actually decided to start comedy after reading Malcolm Hardy's increasingly prestigious, uh, but sadly not still on sale autobiography? Is it not on sale? You keep asking me this. Um, the only reason why I told you that was so that you might nominate me for a Malcolm Hardy Award once. Well, we and did. you did it we twice. Did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I did. I did. And I can remember I read that book, which you wrote, co wrote with him, and, um, uh, and um, then Dr. Brown, Phil Burgers, me and him used to go to look for gigs, interesting gigs together, and he rang me up or emailed me, and he goes, oh, I'm going to this gig in Nunhead, a place called Nunhead. It sounds like it's sort of interesting gig. I said, oh, come along. I went along, and we turned up, and in, which we all know where it was. What well, was the other one? Yeah, but what was the, what was the, the golden room for the first, the, the old... The Ivy House. Ivy House. And we go in, <coughs> and we get chatting to this old boy at the bar, and he buys us a drink, he says, oh, you come for comedy, and, yeah. and he sort of makes out, he's, we just think he's just a barfly, and he's like, oh, I might go back in there, I might go in there. It's like, he's a barfly, it's his local, and he never goes in the comedy. And he buys us a drink, and we have a chat of this. Then me and Burgers go and sit in the comedy room, it starts, Viv, who I now know as Viv, introduces it, and introduces the first act, act. There's, I put that in for parentheses. Uh, at the curtains open, and a man, the man we've been talking to at the bar, walks in from the back wearing nothing but a pair of speedos, leopard skin speedos, with one bollock sticking out. I'm pissing myself. So we just—it's just hilarious. To what I—I I can't really remember what he did, but it was hilarious. And I turned around to Burgers and I said, "I think that's Martin Soane," and because I'd read from the book. And I'd lent it to Burgers as well. He'd read it and he goes, I think you're right. He was geeking for him and he didn't know it was that. And I think I, think I did a, ended up at the break with Chatton and I did a five spot for that night as well. And, um, yeah. So it was partly the comedy, partly the fact you got a free drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always good. That's why. And then, I, you know, Martin's become a good mate. And... Uh, uh, and now you're, you're promoting. That's the entrepreneur that you are. Mm, well... Aren't you? I'm not a real promoter. That's what I'm not. Why? People say I'm, but I'm not. Well, you, you, well, you... I'm a curator. Oh. I don't promote. promote. What, is, what is a curator? It's uh, so really naff curator. What's a curator? No, I don't know what I am. <laughs> but I don't promote. A bit of a curate's egg. Sorry, I just get people... I make... Uh, we've found this hole in the ground. Put it's some... Where we're sitting now, the grotto. Hang some lights up and yes. then say, do you want to come and do a gig? And then get other people to promote it. Yes. But we let them, you know, we do a nice deal. They all get 100% of the door. So I don't have to feel guilty about not doing it, promoting. And they get 100% of the door because you get the drinks? We did the bar. And, yeah, and, we and, and, and it's called... Uh, What's it called? It's not called the free anything, it's called... No, we, no, this is ticketed. No, you, you're getting confused with what we do in Edinburgh, pay what you want. Which you're very sniffy about, but it's, it's a model that's saving the fringe. Or, as Stuart Lee said, Bob is one of the characters that is saving the fringe from itself. And what did he mean by that? I, I don't know quite. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very nice, doesn't it? I bet he calls you a curator. He does talk about me performing. He says, he says, uh, he says Bob's, Bob's venues, he says, you just go on and you turn up and then you find yourself still there at three in the morning <laughs> and he, he stood on a chair and he's shouting at someone and just anything can happen he says it's not necessarily very good he said but you can't leave <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say not necessarily very good he said it was brilliant more than brilliant I don't know what he said I'll put the clips up online shortly so, so, what, so what are you going to do after this you've got the grotto for Christmas and then mm. you've got the double decker bus rooming around uh, going to random places before next year's Edinburgh yeah 
Um, and you, you do you around... remember a band called Terror Vision? I, I remember the, the name from somewhere, but I'm not quite sure where. I might be getting confused with Terror Hawks, the Jerry Anderson you series. You could do. And there is, and there is also Fancy, a fleet Fancy. of buses called Terror Vision with an A as oh. opposed to an O. I think um, they're a bit like mega yeah. buses. Yeah. Um, the, but Terror Vision were tequila, it makes me happy. How does that... Oh. Tequila, it makes me happy. That was their big song. And others. It's as if they were here in the, in the uh, room. And, um, which is odd, which is nice. I didn't expect this as above. Um, and so what have they got to do with it? So I met them at a festival, I did, and it was, and it was the festival pissed down with rain, so they cancelled the outside stage <coughs> and, and said, oh, we and went to cancel them, and they said, oh, but we're on our way anyway. This is Tony Wright of Terrorvision. And um, on our way anyway, can we just play acoustic somewhere? Because, is there anywhere we can play? We play acoustic, whatever. And he goes, well, we've got a bus. And we went, oh, we'll play on that. So they played, supposed to be doing the headline in the main stage, ended up playing on my bus, and um, I just got on with him. And then he's, so now we're doing a tour uh, around the UK, around breweries in April. With a bus or without a bus? With a bus, yeah. How not. many people are in television? Uh, well, he's, he's, this, he did it to him and his mate Millie, uh, acoustic. Two, two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Terrorvision is more. So the ter- full Terrorvision are doing arena dates with Thunder in January, and then he's doing little acoustic dates around breweries in, on my bus in April. As a duo? Yeah. Why would he be doing breweries? Why would that be? <laughs> that was my idea. <laughs> Just good places to park. We've got to park somewhere, and you need to park somewhere that uh, we can have access to power and toilets and you speak to and breweries go yeah that's a good idea I've just been two weeks in Castle Rock Brewery in Nottingham um, for Nottingham Comedy Festival it's really nice they let me park there for free gave me a load of beer and we did a lot of promo promo and stuff and they're like happy went around the brewery nice I mean, lovely all, all relaying craft beers because, whatever you should have a bit of previous with, with groups don't you a bit of previous with, with, um, with, yeah. your, with your music I've done, with groups yeah yeah. well yeah. that's it the, the, I've really meant the previous with the beer I've got previous with both strands of this conversation Indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah so I used to tour with bands and you tour managed bands and I toured with Snoop Dogg and with um, the Blood Ant Gang and with Magic Numbers and of course, everybody's favourite Japanese rock band, Electric Hillshock. Oh, I've heard a lot about them. <laughs> <laughs> You're patronising me, aren't you? If you used to manage them, you still sort of vaguely manage them, don't you? Yes. I yeah. said, well, I manage yeah. them when they, I, I, I promote them in Europe, yeah. really. Uh, so, yeah, but I don't get involved in day to day management anymore. They do that themselves. And um, sorry if you haven't heard of them. It's my fault because I'm a rubbish manager. What are they called again? Electricgeelshock.com. Shit, their um, website's about to run out. I've just remembered I got an email two weeks ago saying mm. re-register their domain. If they lose that, that would be another mess up from my part, wouldn't it? So if you're listening, go out there and register electricgeelshock.com. <laughs> and hold it to ransom. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you obviously now is the time to say what I have to say. I'm contractually obliged oh, no. to now tell you. Oh no! No, no. Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys. And you've heard of them? I turned them down. I turned down uh, uh, some. I came, Not bread. People, yeah. people so famous. Musical youth. I turned down for this was. <laughs> but but at the, who were very famous in Adam the eighties were they? Half the Dutchie on the left hand side. Indeed. Uh, but uh, when I saw them, it was I think it was three three young kids and their uncle who obviously wanted to be famous. The uncle then ditched himself and then he became famous. I don't uh-huh. I don't blame myself. 
But why did you turn down Arctic Monkeys? I, I was very busy with it. My exact words, my exact words, I can remember them like they were yesterday, was when a little Alex asked, William Rangers, I said, you were quite good, but right now I'm really busy. Electric Hillshock are about to be massive. <laughs> and they are sort of massive in Sweden or somewhere. They do all right in places. Yeah. They do all right. I mean, the... They're very good. Electric Eel Shock, I do highly recommend. They are wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very proud that... Not quite as good as Arctic... Well, no, you can't compare it with Arctic Monkeys, no. <laughs> it's like the vagaries of... If they'd have had a decent manager, they'd have been as big as Arctic Monkeys, you know. But, unfortunately, they were held back by me. And if you'd been Arctic Monkeys manager... They Nobody would, would have heard of them. They, they would be as big as Electric Eel Shock is now. Yeah. Yes, well, there you go. There's my, there's my punchline. <laughs> <laughs> We've walked, we've walked over that in a different direction. I've quite enjoyed that. Who knew what the punchline was? <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but no, people underestimate you. You make people underestimate you because people think, oh, he drinks a lot, he's all over the place. But in fact, you're very together because you're not a tour, you didn't become a tour manager for Snoop Dogg if you don't know what the hell you're doing. I wasn't. See, this is the. Um, this is the myth. You say I make people underestimate me, mm. but at the same time, I also <coughs> make you, people like you overestimate me because. I wasn't tour manager with Snoop Dogg. All I did was the first tour I drove his T-shirts around and the second tour I drove his security around. That's, that's, that's managing things? Mm. Uh, managing a van. You're undercutting yourself here, are you? Well, no, I'm just being a bit more trivial. I mean, I, <coughs> working for Snoop Dogg, doing those jobs, earned more money than tour managing any other band. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. I want to get paid for Snoop Dogg for the second tour, and I went into the tour accountant. I went into the, they've got they've taken the whole floor of St Martin's Lane Hotel, which must have been like eleven grand. T- Why eleven? That's quite that's quite specific. I think I worked it out. Raw tour a bill for a night, and um, and um, and I go in, go in. I can't justify this much money they're paying me. What have you asked me? I can't. It's a ridiculous. Why do you have to justify it? Well, I, I just think I'm not worth this. I've done. F- Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, I'd had a lot of fun and I'd done some little things basically they wanted someone local knowledge on the tour so I was troubleshooter yeah. we didn't have many troubles so yeah. I didn't have to but you know when they got a stupid amount of money like that they just throw it at, at, to make sure there aren't troubles yeah, and there were um, I mean, my favourite Snoop Dogg story is, is, is uh, uh, I'll come back to the mind. My favourite Snoop Dogg story was when uh, he did the O2, and uh, I'm in the production office, and the tour managers, and the, and the, the guy, the, the, the um, venue guy is going, right, so we, so we can, we put a fire marshal outside his dressing room, and there's fire extinguishers, and they'd set everything up so he could smoke in his dressing room, okay? And, like, here's the bill for that. And it was, like, £1,000 or something, so that he could smoke. Nicotine's very expensive. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think there was so much to the nicotine. Anyway, <laughs> as we know. So he can smoke in his dressing room, and he's just signing that off, and he's doing all that, and he goes, but under no circumstances can he uh, smoke on stage. And, and, and the tour manager goes, or oh, what? And he goes, or oh, there'll be a big fine. And he said, and how much will that be? <laughs> and they go, like... Free grand, and he says, Would you like me to pay that now, or should we do that at the settlement? <laughs> and it's just the amount of money that they had. It's like, Well, he's gonna smoke on stage, so we might as well do it. And they didn't even ask for a discount. Like, I'd have gone, Well, can we pre arrange it? Can we get a discount if we pay up front? They weren't even bothered. Or a discount for bulk, we're gonna do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, season ticket. <laughs> so I go to pick up my money, and I'm like, Right, 
if, if he asked me to justify it, why have I got this much money? And I'm trying to just say, open the hotel door, and I stand there, and the, the tour accountant goes, uh, he does exactly that. He says, so do you think you're worth this? And I'm like, ah, like this. And he lets me stew a little bit. Then he steps a bit further back into the hotel uh, room and sort of beckons me forward. As I step forward, I just see to the right a double bed literally piled high with cash. And he goes, you'll be all right. <laughs> and he told me that on the American tour, the tour bus driver... Um, so in America, in, in Europe, you have limited hours. You have a taco, and, and tour bus drivers can drive for so many hours, and then they have to change driver, or they have to have certain rest breaks and all this. And it's, it's really difficult to organise out, or, you know, if you've got more money, you just have two drivers, and then fine, double drivers. Um, in America, they don't have that. There's no legal limit, but what the, all the bus units do is, right, there's a daily rate for so many hours. And then once you go over that, every hour is charged at a daily rate. And Snoop Dogg would have the tour bus waiting outside some nightclub, not even driving, on a, da- on a daily rate for, out for five, six hours. So the driver is sat there having a sleep, earning six, six days' pay in one day. And at the end of the tour, the uh, bus driver just bought his house cash. <laughs> And now he doesn't tour for anyone else because he's always available for Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and they like him. So they're happy with that. It's not... They're all happy yeah, with yeah. the thing. And that's the only tour he does is, is every now and then when Snoop Dogg tours, he's ready. And he, he'll then just buy himself another house, I and suppose. And now he's in a small, small town. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he now owns Chicago. <laughs> he probably could buy Chicago. Well, you could buy Greece, for sure. Yeah, yeah, well, Chicago is the Greece of America. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? No, Detroit, I meant. Oh, Detroit, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just a bit further north. Basically, if you've got a kite strapped to your back, um, you'll be blown to Detroit. <laughs> well, Eminem has probably bought Detroit already. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think that's why it's gone down in value, is because Eminem's from there. Yeah, but, oh, oh, oh I love Eminem. I'd have you right down as an Eminem fan. <laughs> I, think, I think you love Eminem's. <laughs> he said, I, patting my tummy. I did pat his yeah. tummy there. Well, now I mean, you should never complain about money, because they pay you whatever you were. I remember I got employed to do a Jack D TV show, uh, because I was known for finding bizarre acts. And they wanted two bizarre acts every show, and it was, I don't know, it was six, eight shows or something. Uh, and so I arrived, and there's like, there's like about six weeks pre-production, and I finally booked all the, all the acts. I don't need to book anything at all. Yeah. Because the producer knows what he's doing, and I've worked with him before. And I asked someone about this, and they said, well, he employed you because he knows if anything goes wrong, yeah. he can just ignore it, because you'll, you'll sort it out. Yeah, well, that, that was kind of what yeah. my role uh, on Snow Dog Tour was, yeah. And nothing went wrong. And, and the Well, what? the drummer did get arrested in um, uh, uh, Cardiff. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this. I don't know. I never knew what happened about That's it. only to be expected. It was a level of going wrong that was above my grade. <laughs> oh, we, we were recording... Pay grade. Like, you have a pay grade with Snoop. <laughs> oh, yes. But Snoop don't pay grades. <laughs> uh, no, we were recording Wimbledon Theatre and the entire roof fell in during a storm. Well, that's quite and, a problem. And, and it came down... Well, it, no, I said the whole roof was not. It was part of a roof. And it was heavy rain, and it came down right onto all, the, on. ele- all the electrical it equipment. It was so good. Yeah, all the electrical equipment. It brought the roof down. It did. Yeah. All okay. the electrical equipment. And, and we'd, we'd flown... I'd flown someone in from... I'd flown the manager in from America, I'd flown the act in from Italy, oh. and... Uh, and all, Were they not speaking? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, all, 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 the, all the stuff was all, all the lighting cues, everything was white, and we were doing two shows that day. It was almost the whole thing was almost cancelled, but it wasn't you know, because the, everyone was so efficient. So there you go. Yeah. And the two marks, do you know the two marks were doing that uh, a stilt walking act? The Marx Brothers. No, two marks. There were two marks. Two, two marks. Two marks. The two marks, and then one of them, for some extraordinary reason, this is on another occasion, was decided to practice on the roof at, of, over the Wimbledon Theatre and sprained his ankle. It was his nightmare. Well, Don't even go there. You see, this is why I'm not a performer, because my, my, my stories are interesting, but I can't tell them. Your stories are interesting, and you can tell them. You see, that's why you're a performer. No, the only thing you do wrong is apologise at the end. It I'm was sorry a very about that. interesting sorry. story that you told perfectly beautifully. No, I didn't. No. It was, it was I a you were doing it again. It's a better story. I'm, I'm, I'm a miserable worm on the face of uh, creativity. Nobody wants... So, look, if you really thought that, you wouldn't be doing this frigging podcast, would you? Don't give this all poor me trying to get sympathy bullshit crap, John Fleming. You know that you can tell stories as you wouldn't be trying to communicate with the world via your blog and your podcast. No, all I do with my blog... <laughs> you, you went like a little told-off school schoolboy then. <laughs> All I do with my blog is I just interview interesting people, write down everything they say, uh, add in a few words of my own, and then people think I'm interesting. But in fact, the other person's interesting, isn't it? Mm. So actually, I'm, in- I'm interviewing you in effect. It's not really a podcast, not really a conversation. Go on, be interesting. Go on, <laughs> Go on tell me a joke. Tell me a joke. You're a comedian. Tell me a joke. Tell me a joke. What's brown and sticky? I don't know. What's brown and sticky? A stick. I am. Um, that's the worst heckle. I've ever dealt with, or not dealt with, as this. Well, no. You know, the worst heckle. I think the, the, the just most annoying heckle is is when, or there's all sorts, but an annoying one is tell us a joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and there's various, and you get it, you get it. I mean, I got it. A, I remember getting it when I was struggling at a festival. Uh, Sonosphere, everybody struggled. It was terribly set up gig, and I can just hear someone shout, "Tell us a joke," you know, because it's you know, I'm not telling bam, 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 like this, and um, and I just shouted at them, "You're at, you're at a metal festival. You're, you, one would think that you're some sort of alternative, and yet you want a fucking joke. If you want a joke, piss off the V Festival." And the whole crowd got on my side then. there. And you, know, I could, you could sort of then do anything, which is nice. It was a nice and it's just, a, oh, that's nice figuring on your feet of how to do it. But another time, didn't go so well dealing with that, that comment. I was performing in Glasgow and uh, in Backroom of a Pub, a Glasgow comedy festival last year. And uh, Jerry Sadowitz was doing the big theatre, and his gig must have ended, and I, and, and I got some of his audience came in, uh, and in, <laughs> they take him a little bit literally, <laughs> some of his audience, and uh, this old guy came in, and uh, two old boys came in, and I f- could tell he was, he'd had a few, because he was looking at me as he came in, and he bumped into the pillar, and then he turned around to the pillar and offered the pillar around for, out for a fight. <laughs> I, um, and I, we laugh at about that and this, and we get a bit of a laugh, and, and, and I'm thinking, well, I can incorporate them, but it's fine. They're drunk, but they seem happy. <laughs> he doesn't like pillars, but he's so, And then he, buys, then he offers to buy me a drink. <laughs> I like this guy now! And then he's there a bit, and then he says, tell a joke. I'm going, I'm going, you know, okay. And I say, what's brown and sticky? And then I turn around to somebody who's, who I'd been chatting to in the gig. I sort of do an aside to them about that going, 
I can't remember what the aside was, but the point of the aside was I missed what he said. And then I come back and then the barman is coming round and trying and saying, I think you've had enough. And I'm going, hey, don't throw him out, he's nice. And I'm thinking they're being... I knew these bars now. I've been performing in there two, three nights, and I thought, oh, they're trying to help me. I thought, I'm like, I don't need help, I can cope with this. I can cope. It's just a bit of a laugh. But I thought they'd be nice, so I was letting them know it's fine. No, 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 I'm fine, you can, they can stay in. He goes, no, they're leaving. Hey, come on, let them in. I'm thinking, the guy's bought me a drink. And then I give him a copy of my book. Then, then I can see he's not going to be um, let in. So I give him a copy of my book and I say, you're my favourite. You know, I tell everybody they're my favourite, but you are my favourite. I turn and he's thrown out with a huffle. And I turn around to the room and it's other people are getting up and they're walking out as well. And I think, oh, they've been... Yeah, I told you not to throw that guy out because look at the... Now people feel awkward and they're leaving. And, and I'm like, well, hey, don't go anywhere. I'm thinking, well, they still like me. And this person just turns to me and goes, and you're a prick as well, and walks out. And I look out, and there's like about a third of the audience left in, and one person absolutely pissing themselves, Tim Renko. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim Renko, my favourite comedian, he sat there pissing himself, and I've gone, Tim, what has gone on? And he said, you didn't hear what the old man said. He said, I... And, and, and he... He knew that I hadn't heard what the old man said. At any point in this, where the whole room walked out, he could have said, Bob didn't hear. He's the... Basically, when I said to the man, what's brown and sticky, and I turned away, he said... Oh, I, I don't like saying what he said, right? But this is definitely a quote. I said, what's brown and sticky? He said, a sticky nigger. <laughs> hey, and I haven't heard this I haven't heard this but I followed up with don't throw him out he's nice he's my favourite oh have a copy of my book oh I need to get you a drink I don't go anywhere oh no. and Tim a little bastard that he is could have at any point go Bob, you didn't hear what he said, or tell people Bob didn't hear what he said. No, he loved watching it all unfold until it was just a third of the people there. And they were all looking at me going, we quite liked you, but we're not sure. And then Tim went, oh. And then we sat there and discussed that for the next... Uh... So, uh, yeah, Tim Renko. So, do you think you're going to top that? What? Do you think you're going to top that in the remainder of this, this podcast? <laughs> what, do you think that's the ending? Have we got a... Uh... It could be an ending. We have to work towards an ending. Shall we do my favourite Tim Renko story? Yes. OK. I love Tim well, Renko. First of all, take your clothes off. <laughs> um, my favourite Tim Renko story is... So, I was setting up a, 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 a venue um, like this, but in Edinburgh, a small one, the bookshop. <coughs> Very small, one-room venue with the toilets in the cellar, which I put the toilets in. And um, health and, the, the environmental health came... And it, it was their second visit. It was a different person. They had a list of things we had to put right before we could open. And they walked in, and he, and he looked, and the exit, fire exit light was illuminated, and he ticked it. And then he, went, then he had a look at the banisters, we had to, that, which I put some stairs in to go down into the basement to put toilets in. And he looked at me, and he goes, they look very DIY. And I went, thank you, because <laughs> I've done them myself. And, and he's like, and he goes to wobble them, expect them to wobble, because they look like shit, but they're really firm. And he begrudgingly had to, my idea of DIY is just keep adding wood and nails till it stops. And, and, and he ticks that. Then he goes down in the basement, and he sees we've got two toilets, 
and he takes and and I'm like Buffers it's like all he saw was the doors he didn't go he saw my toilets they were great anyway by the time he kept I couldn't tell you all about my toilet anyway we come back upstairs and as he's coming back upstairs the exit light that was the main thing because when just before he arrived I'm going to Luke we've got to make that illuminated, why isn't it? And he's up the ladder trying to wire it to make it work. He goes, I can't make it work, I can't make it work. So why didn't you tell me 20 minutes ago? We'd have got a, we could have got a, got, a, got a new one from the DIY shop up the road. So I want this and the other. I went, here, stick this in, and I handed him a torch. <laughs> and he just put a torch in the case and put the case back on. So when the guy came in and ticked it, it was just a torch. <laughs> but... We must have been in the basement a little bit too long because as we come back up the stairs, the torch goes out, runs out of batteries, and it just goes off as he appears. He just looks at it and it goes off. And I'm like, oh. And then he goes over and he's looking at it closely. He's going, oh, I can't see the charging light. He knows about these things. I don't. And I'm like, no, if he sees the torch in there, not only are we not going to tick, we're in, you know, he knows we've been lying to him. This, and that's when Tim, <laughs> Tim Renko, was sat in the corner the whole time. He came up with a, a distraction, which we needed, but not... He said, if there's a fire in this building and they don't know that the door they came in is the way out... They deserve to burn. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, oh no! And you see the environmental health guy, he's like, Argh! like this, you know, you can just see them, this is no laughing matter, people could die, my job's very important. And he turns around with all this anger to see who said it, and he sees that Tim Renko happens to have cerebral palsy. And he's like, ghostly angry with him. And then that sort of anger meets PC and gets confusion. <laughs> and he's all, oh, you can see more confused. And Tim's just gritted away because he loves creating confusion amongst people. And then he just, he just grins and he just looks over and he picks up the hammer that's next to him and he shakes it a bit because that's what Tim does. And then, <laughs> and, and then I just say, have you met Tim Renko, our carpenter? <laughs> And the health and safety man, he ran out and we didn't see him again. <laughs> I might be back, he said, <laughs> all confused. He didn't come back. <laughs>